0: we <laughs> Hello and welcome to the final episode of the 2020-2021 Roden Fellows Podcast. You could also call this the Fellows Farewell episode. I'm your host, Jonathan Scott, a now senior broadcast journalism major at Hampton University. Today, I'm also joined by the rest of my Roden Fellows, and I'll let them introduce themselves for one last time.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Williams, and I'm a junior at Howard University.
2: Hello, everyone. I am Parker Owens, and I am a graduate of Morehouse College.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is Ashton Edmonds, and I am a proud graduate of Clark Atlanta University.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Marissa Stubbs, and I am a graduating senior at Florida a University.
4: Hi, everybody. My name is Jayla, and I am a senior at Prairie View A&M University.
0: Congrats to our graduating seniors. Absolutely. Well, with the WNBA just getting underway for its 25th season, it's fitting that we have as our first topic the fact that for the first time in history, the Atlanta Dream will have an all-black, all-female team of broadcasters calling their games for this season. Now moving forward, whenever they have a home game on their new team, consisting of Lachina Robinson, Tabitha Turner, Angel Gray, and Autumn Johnson. They will be leading front and center of the broadcast team. Fellows, what do you think of the news? Do you think it'll increase viewership and fan engagement? I think that's great, especially with the news. And considering that they are an
1: all-female broadcast team, it's definitely going to bring exposure. And the WNBA has already been seeing a lot of exposure within the last year with the social justice movement and everything. So I think it's great.
2: Right, and I think especially because – when you consider their impact in the Georgia elections and the impact that Black voters specifically had in Georgia elections, it's just a great way to make sure that they stay connected, especially in Atlanta. We know Atlanta is one of the Black hubs of America. And I want to shout out to the Atlanta Dreams ownership group too for getting this started. And Renee Montgomery, especially, who was a former WNBA player and is now a part owner of the Atlanta Dream. I think just seeing all of this kind of commence and seeing everything that they're able to accomplish. I'm real glad and real excited to hear them work.
4: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's great that we're starting out, you know, producing all women broadcast teams. I think it really gives women a chance to, you know, be on the air and show that they are just as capable or even more capable than their male counterparts. I know the Toronto Raptors recently this season had their all-female broadcast team as well. So I hope this continues to catch on and is a, a trend throughout both leagues.
3: I yeah, also thought this was really dope, man, uh, just to see all women's broadcast team Autumn Johnson, Lachana Robinson and everybody else, man. I, I mean, I feel like women broadcasters are, you know, they're leading. I feel like, you know, it should be more of them, especially women of color. So it's good to see what the Atlanta Dream did. Um, and, you know, like what Parker said, what their ownership did uh, for this year. So I'm excited to just see them broadcast all together.
0: For our next topic, we're going to talk about Tim Tebow. Reports have come out saying that the former Florida and Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer, with him now taking the reins over Jacksonville, he's confirmed that they are meeting with Tebow and sources from his own team claim that the 33-year-old ex-quarterback seems to be in the best shape of his life. It's been rumored that he's expected to make a positional change from quarterback to tight end. Fellows, what do you think of the news? A lot of people have been making similarities between this situation and Colin Kaepernick. Do you guys think they're related at all?
2: I think there's definitely some relation between this and the Colin Kaepernick situation because Colin Kaepernick was blackballed from the league for protesting social rights and social justice. And people tried to draw that comparison when it first happened to Tim Tebow. Tebow was not in the league because Tebow, Tim Tebow is not an NFL quarterback. Tim Tebow, while not being an NFL quarterback, despite being a successful college quarterback, has had the opportunity to do whatever he wants ever since. He's been a broadcaster over here at ESPN and did a fine job. Don't. But he also got to play in the minor leagues for the New York Mets. Up until, I think, earlier this year or maybe even last year, Tebow's... And this is just another example of people getting another opportunity simply because of his fame and because of the name he holds. He's 33 years old. You do not see 33-year-old rookies in the NFL. It's, and he's essentially a 33-year-old rookie because he does not know how to play tight end. He's never played that position before, not in college, and not in the pro level. I have no clue why this is happening. And I think that Urban Meyer's team building and decision making, this is where you're going to start seeing some issues come by. Because I don't see what the value is that Tim Tebow brings to an NFL team. Like, is it so-called leadership? Because he's a 33 year old who can't play football, is taking a roster spot away from someone that probably could play the position a little bit better than he can. So we'll see.
3: Yeah, I definitely thought it was a, a waste of a, a roster spot. I mean, Tim Tebow. He's how long did he play in the league? like before he stopped playing, it was only a couple of years. So I was confused as to what the Jaguars, why they signed him. I definitely think it's relation with the Colin Kaepernick situation. Like Parker said, he was blackballed, you know, for protesting and, and everything like that. So I just found this whole situation weird, man. And it's like, you couldn't sign like any HBCU players. Like you went straight to Tim Tebow out of all people. It was an insane situation. So, you know, I saw a Stellar's player post on Twitter. He said he was waiting them to play the Jaguars so he he got a lot of people on his head um so I'm praying for Tim Tebow and and it's safe on the field
1: right I agree with both Ashton and Parker I think when I was scrolling on Instagram and I first seen the news a lot of athletes are reacting to it and saying like is this all it takes to get back in the NFL like is this all it takes to get back in the league or you know going back to the notion of is this spot deserved did he deserve to get back in the league this easy because like Parker say you don't see 33 year olds you know play come in and play a few years and then boom automatically it's like oh yeah i'm with the jaguars so when i first seen him my reaction was just like wow but as we all know the nfl is a business so i'm excited to see what he'll be able to do with the jaguars this season but then i know it's also going to be tough opponents that he will
4: face imagine jumping from the nfl to baseball to tv back to the NFL, and they let you back in freely, like that's, to me, that's privilege. You're 72 and a half. They're starting you at a brand new position. And you've just been bouncing around. So, I mean, I get it. A lot of people said like, oh, you know, this industry is based on who you know, which is absolutely true. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like Ashton said, that roster spot was like wasted. It could have went to somebody younger. It could have went to somebody faster. It could have went to somebody, you know, to somebody who can actually help the Jaguars win. I feel like this is some big experiment and it's pretty much a waste of time. So, you know, I guess go Tim Tebow, do what you're going to do.
0: Jayla Jayla really hit that on the head. It, for me, I, I think it is definitely an absolute waste of roster spot. I mean it's unfair. We've known that if I was a tight end that didn't either didn't get drafted or like we said, we didn't get any HBCU players drafted out of out of this, this draft coming out. So I think it's absolutely unfair. I mean, for me, it's also textbook nepotism. I mean, I'm sure this isn't the first time nepotism has happened in the NFL. And I know for, for sure it won't be the last either. But, you know, it is a risk. If you're in a position to hire an old friend that you've had success with in the past, then I mean, okay, why not? But I just—that's the risk that Urban Meyer is taking. If it doesn't pan out, that's going to be his head on the chopping board. And from what we've seen, Urban Meyer doesn't last long very much with teams. He's—he's he's not really a system guy. He comes in, he does what he needs to do, and you know, eventually, either the players or faculty members get tired of him, and he's out onto the next. So I'll say one thing as a Jets fan: I vividly remember a play where they sent Tebow in motion, and they—I uh, think it was a play-action pass. They ended up passing to him, and the ball bounced off of his helmet Tebow's never been the most agile player let alone quarterback but we'll see if if he absolutely had to come back to the league I would I could possibly see him playing as maybe fullback or maybe just a blocking only tight end but he's never like I said he's never been the most agile player and he's been always the guy to run over a a defender rather than try to juke them out so not really sure what we're gonna see there
2: and you guys are talking about HBCU players who didn't get an opportunity one HBCU player that will have the opportunity to play Tim Tebow is Darius Leonard. What is Tim Tebow going to do with Darius Leonard twice a year, by the way, because they're in the same division? That just all, all in all doesn't sound like a good idea. And again, Tebow's getting this opportunity because he's Urban's like prodigy and he he was kind of the focal point for that team. But the more honest we're being about this, like Tim Tebow as a college quarterback was also like highly overrated he had Percy Harvin, he had all those weapons that he had on those teams. And if you're going to give anyone an NFL shot from those old Florida teams, why not Percy Harvin, who we know is a superior athlete and who's played a receiver before you need. I don't, again, I just don't see the point of Tim Tebow in this uh, discussion and you know, it is what it is, but we, we, we all know that Tim Tebow is getting these opportunities and if he, Tyrone Tibo, we probably wouldn't be seeing these, sa- these same things happen. So,
0: Excellent point, Parker. It absolutely is due to a privilege. It certainly is a privilege to be able to bounce around, being known as a professional quarterback, be a professional athlete, you know, do the, like you said, be on ESPN, do the little hot takes and then go back to getting your second chance. I mean, a 33-year-old guy who's been out the league for the last six or eight years, come on, it's... It doesn't add up, but then again, when Urban Mars, your head coach, you know, he gets to dictate and do what he wants. So, you know, it is what it is. On to our next topic, sticking with football, former Ravens wide receiver Jacoby Jones was just named a tight ends coach at Morgan State University. Jones is another former NFL athlete that is giving back his talents to an HBCU. I know Mr. Roden, for one, is probably ecstatic about this, but what do you guys think about this news?
1: I think this news is great. And I feel like we're going back to the notion of, like we said, professionals that have been in the league and can teach these younger kids, you know, all the knowledge that they may want to have if they want to go to the league. And also just talking about the topic, you know, it's HBCU football is going to be a show to watch this season, not because the boys are going out there and putting all their all on the field, but also because they have masterminds literally behind them. So I'm just excited to watch the HBCU football season and all.
4: Yeah, I think uh NFL players going to HBCUs in their later years. I think that's another trend that really needs to catch on. As we've seen with Deion Sanders at Jackson State, a lot, I know a lot of players really appreciate having, you know, that professional aspect there of having someone they're able to look up to and you know gain mentorship from someone who's actually been in the game and knows what it takes to get to that level I think, you know, it just really, it gives, pushes you harder is what I've heard a lot of people say. Like, you know, this is some person, somebody that you've looked up to. This is somebody that, you know, you've watched growing up, but to have them in your space is is something that could be exciting for a lot of players. So I hope as players come out of uh, the game, that they really go back and help younger players coming
2: up. I think Jayla hit it right on the head. And I'd like to add that There's also the uh, aspect of when these HBC players are trying to transition into the next level and into the NFL ranks, they now have someone that's been there, done that, and who's had to, you know, do the draft interviews, who's had experience with all of these different aspects of it and had success with the business side of the NFL. I think that could create more opportunities and we could see more HBC players coming from these schools like Tennessee State with Eddie George and Jackson State with Deion Sanders and same going for Morgan State with Jacoby I think just having those minds behind you who understand all of the aspects of a ball, I think that's going to really make much better products.
3: Sure. Definitely. uh, Definitely would like to echo what everybody said. I think this is going to continue to bring in more recruits, like, you know, highly rated recruits uh, to HBCUs, bring more money to these programs. Um, And I just think it's a great hire, you know, for Morgan State uh, overall. I think HBCUs have been getting the the proper notoriety um, this past year and, Um, I'm excited to see, you know, where HBC football is headed. I hope uh, Ocho Cinco, you know, joins the coaching staff at FAMU because he, you know, he posts a picture of something at FAMU like every week. So hopefully we see that. Um, But yeah, I'm excited, man, for this upcoming HBC football season.
0: Jacoby's known for the having the longest kickoff return in the Super Bowl with 108 yards. He was drafted by the Houston Texans in the third round, 73rd overall and has the most all-purpose yards in the Super Bowl with 288 yards. So these guys coming in to Morgan State are definitely going to have someone to look up to with professional experience, Parker said. So, it, I mean, bringing in NFL talent to coach in these HBCU players, I really can't think of anything else to really strengthen HBCU football at its core. And, I mean, hopefully we'll see more players come and give back their coaching time to HBCUs and the players – in the future, with more of the cultivating success, we'll see more and more in the draft, so. I think it's a win all around. All right, fellows, for our final topic, I'd like each of you to tell me your favorite experience so far as a fellow. Any advice to future fellows? And with some of you already being new graduates, what's next on the horizon?
4: i say my, my favorite part of this fellowship has definitely being able to delve into various parts of the industry you know we got to work with audio we got to work with video we got to do the podcast we got to write we got to interview so it's it was a lot going on but um, it really gave me the opportunity to explore, you know, different parts of, you know, media, different parts of journalism. And, you know, coming in, I wasn't sure exactly which career avenue I wanted to go in. Leaving out, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to pursue a career in sports communication. So, you know, diving into that is what's coming up next for me. But when it comes to advice, I would advise them, not to take the time to kind of settle. I think when I first got here, I took a little bit, like I took a few days to kind of soak in what was happening. And um, it kind of set me back a little bit. So what I would say is when you get here, like literally hit the ground running. Talk about who you want to meet. Talk about what you want to see throughout the fellowship. Talk about, you know, what you want to take part in throughout your time here, because the time here is valuable. And when it's over, you're really going to miss it.
3: Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with Jayla. I think just learning about every aspect of media from audio, podcasting, writing, video work is, you know, is what I love most about this fellowship. And I worked on a story about Stuart Scott, in the V Foundation. Um, and I got to talk to his daughter. So that was something that, that was like one of my favorite moments, um, from this fellowship, I would say out some advice I would give to the next class is to, um, just stay up to date on the latest trends of what's going on and always just have stories to pitch, um, just something in the back of your mind, because, um, that's what journalism is all about. And, you know, uh, you know, I graduate, uh, Saturday, May 15th and, uh, moving up to Chicago to to go to Northwestern. So I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, I agree with Jayla. I think, you know, just by having the opportunity to work for ESPN itself, ESPN undefeated has just been a really great opportunity for all of us. I'd say for me, there have been some really great stories that I've done, Um, but I think just working with all of you guys all of the fellows, that's been like something really great for me because I know that all of us are going to do great things. All of you guys are, you know, have bright futures and I'm so glad that I got to get to know all of you and work with you during this time.
4: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, Alex. But no, I would definitely say for me, this fellowship has been a blessing and throughout it all, I've learned how to become a better storyteller, considering that I want to have a career in broadcasting just Writing for the Undefeated changed the narrative of how I present myself as a speaker because the stories that we tell are literally undefeated. So I would say an advice to the next class is to really come in and take advantage of the networking, really network and get your name out there and just connect with other people. As Jayla mentioned, you know, we really learned how to become well rounded in everything. So the future is bright. And like Alex said, I'm really excited to see what my fellows would do next. As for me, I will take the next few months to finish out my courses here at FAMU and I'll also be replying to sports reporting jobs.
2: Yeah, I just want to echo everything that everyone said about fellowship it's been a great opportunity i think my favorite part is just learning from the legends that we got to work with obviously bill Roden, but john x Miller's is a great editor i got to learn a little bit about the radio side for shannon penn so i really want to thank him for that everyone at the espn audio team all those people that i'm clearly trying to ask to give me a job and my advice to the next class is go get you an iphone because the what made this fellowship work we don't we never got to like meet each other because of the pandemic what made this fellowship work is the group chat and don't be the person in the group chat with a green that makes it a green text message because i promise you i would not have texted in that group chat if it came up green so i really want to just uh shout out to all y'all for having your uh, stuff together and the fact that we were all all right where we needed to be this entire time
0: that was an excellent, excellent point, Parker. <laughs> you don't want to be the one with the green bubble. That's it's an I think that's an immediate social turnoff to everybody in any group chat anywhere. But yeah, this, I mean, echoing everybody else, this absolutely has been a phenomenal experience. My favorite was absolutely one that happened at the beginning of ours. I got a chance to make a veteran message with uh, Mr. Bill Roden and Tony Dungy, interviewing Mr. Dungy and just even learning about not only Mr. Bill Roden's experience and his father's experience in the military, but getting a chance to go back to my own command, taking a camera through seeing some old faces. That was really cool. I mean, yeah, advice-wise, I mean, this whole, this internship is like... Nothing that I've ever had an experience to do. Um, there, are so many things are racing through my head. I mean, we we had the chance to interview NFL players during virtually during the Super Bowl. That was fun. I got to ask questions to. Albeit, I was nervous and probably fumbled through my questions, but <laughs> I got to ask Patrick Mahomes questions. I got to ask some of the coaching staff questions. But all in all, this experience is something that I never would change. But yeah, for um, what's next on the horizon, I've still got one more year of school. So shout out to Hampton; they got me for one more year. Uh, <laughs> but um, what's next is uh, this summer I'll be working with uh, Jimmy Fallon, his social media team and production team. So that's something I'm really excited about. But yeah, I mean, just everything that I've learned here. This this podcast was the first podcast that I've ever been a part of, and we've. A lot of us just picked it up, winged it on the fly, and we've been getting better and better every week, every episode. A lot of us have been able to strengthen our journalistic abilities with literally every aspect of this uh, internship. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for today. Fellows, it's been a pleasure serving with all of you. Each one of you are immensely talented, and I know each one of you will go on to do great things in the world. And to our wonderful audience, thanks for listening to the Roden Fellows podcast. This show was produced by Alex Williams and co-hosted by the entire COVID class of Roden Fellows. A very special thanks to Tarika Foster-Brasby, Christina Buswell, and the ESPN digital audio content team. A million thanks to our phenomenal editors, Monique Jones, John X. Miller, Josiah Turner. Thank you all for guiding us through this long journey and helping us strengthen our abilities as journalists. And of course, a special, special thanks to Mr. Bill Roden. Simply put, without him, this amazing program wouldn't exist. And if I can speak for all of us, we're all eternally grateful for the experience. My name's Jonathan Scott, and I've been your host. You can get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Before we go, just want to shout out that today is the fifth birthday slash anniversary of The Undefeated. Have a great summer, everyone.